Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Talitha Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Talitha Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helps severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show on this episode. Daniel Schmidt is with us. He is a conservative activist. He is a student, going to be a junior at the University of Chicago and already making waves. I've seen him on uh, on Fox News. I've seen his pieces online. Daniel, great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm all right, man. It's uh, It's been an interesting interesting time recently you know we had those supreme court decisions came down and it really put tremendous focus on admissions on college campuses i know you haven't been able to hear from say the president of u chicago but as a current college student at at an elite school what do you think the response of the president the admissions committee at u chicago and other places like it is going to be to the supreme court decision that says it's kind of racist to do what they were doing. Well, it's actually really funny because the day of that announcement, uh, my administration sent an email to every single student and the subject line was, we care about diversity or something like that. And the whole email is basically like, we are troubled by these news and we're going to do everything we can to ensure diversity. 
uh, still remains a focus at our school. And I know Harvard sent similar emails. They all sent similar emails. So, you know, my prediction is they're just going to totally find loopholes. They're going to get rid of test scores. At my school, for example, the SAT, ACT is already test optional. And I think that's very deliberate. It's to, it's to place other emphasis on the essays, on the personality parts, which is totally subjective. And I think it's going to allow these admission officers who, let's face it, are all, are all liberal, are all bleeding hearts, to allow more black kids in, more Hispanic kids in, and less white kids in, less Asian kids in. You know, I'm a lower middle class white kid. And something I always say is that I look around in my school and I have met very few middle class white kids. It's like a total shock. When I got to school, I found plenty of rich white kids and I found plenty of rich black kids. But the middle class, the middle class whites, those are the group. That's the group that's totally missing. And I mean, I hope there are more now because affirmative action is gone, but I'm not totally optimistic. I think these administrations are going to find loopholes because they're so dedicated to this religion of diversity. So you think they're probably going to keep the numbers of preferred minority categories the same, irrespective of this decision? Yeah, I think so, because, you know, it's 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 how it's been for the past 20 years. And if they don't do it, they'll be called racist. And, you know, it's so funny because the whole thing about affirmative action and I'm not the first one to say this, but, you know, when they say, oh, you know, underprivileged people are getting in. I have not met a single black kid who's from like the ghetto or from the hood. These black kids, they come from prep schools. They come from boarding schools. They don't come from places where, you know, where there really are underprivileged people. So the whole thing about affirmative action is such a farce. But yeah, I think they're just going to do other things to keep the numbers the same. How is it to be a uh, an out and about conservative on the U Chicago campus these days? I mean, I was a I was a college Republican at Amherst. Up in Massachusetts back in, oh God, now early 2000s. So it's been 20 years. Uh, uh, so tell me, uh, Daniel, what's it like these days? I mean, are you, do you feel like you're empowered in some sense? Because at least now with the internet and with social media, you can share your voice more freely or what kind of concerns do you have? I mean, just what's it like? Bring, bring us into the, the life of a campus conservative yeah. in 2023. <laughs> Well, I'll give you a little bit of idea. So the first month I started college, I, you know, I'm a debate kid. I enjoy debate. I couldn't participate in a debate tournament because I'm white. That's not a joke. This this debate tournament was only open to non-white people. This was my first month in college. And so I kind of knew from that point, okay, this is what the next four years are going to look like. And I had to do something about it. I had to speak up. And you're exactly right. The internet, Twitter specifically, has really allowed this sort of new activism, journalism to happen. I don't know what I would do 20 years ago if the internet uh, didn't exist. I think I would, uh, who knows? I, I will say this though, funnily enough, you know, a lot of people expect me to be like, oh, you know, I, I get attacked constantly. I get beaten up. Surprisingly, I've never had a single negative interaction of someone. I don't know if that's because they're scared of me or because they just don't care. You know, tons of talking on social media, tons of anonymous whispering, but I've never had anyone come up to me and been like, oh, you're evil. Get out of here. So if any students are listening, you might be surprised that if you start speaking up and you're confident about it, you could actually get pretty far. And, you know, it's funny because literally last week, the New York Times dropped like a hit piece on me. And I kind of knew from that point, OK, I must be doing something OK if the New York Times is going after me because I'm, I'm literally just a 19 year old kid. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah keep, hold, hold on. Hold on. Can we, you can't just skip over this. By the way, the New York Times has done hit pieces on me, too, my friend. So good job. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Right. But I guess they're, they're supposed to with me. I do a pretty big radio show, and some people right, in the movement know who I am. With you, you're a 19-year-old kid. I mean, you're already making splashes. Here you are on this podcast. 
What were they doing a hit piece on on you though? Like, what did it say? What have you been up to? Yeah. So this all started a few months ago when I was registering for classes, and I found this one class. It was called the Problem of Whiteness. And you know, as the title suggests, like, what is this saying that there's a problem with white people or whiteness, and that therefore there's a solution? I mean. Can you imagine if there were a class problem of blackness, problem of anyness? I mean, it would be national outrage. So I saw this class and, you know, I use my Twitter account primarily to raise awareness of this stuff. So I wrote a thread about the class. I included the course description, which was calling whiteness like a problem with world making effects. And I, I noted the professor teaching it because I think it's crucial to know who these people are. Uh, a few days later, this professor is calling me a cyber terrorist. She's saying my tweets may encourage an armed school shooter, and she is demanding my school expel me. She filed two separate complaints to get me expelled, saying I basically led some national harassment campaign against her. So that was all in the span of a few months. Things are quiet. And then cut. Uh, go back just a few weeks ago, or actually two weeks ago. And out of nowhere, the New York Times dropped this article about me. They're calling me an instigator. They're basically criticizing my school, U Chicago. They're saying they should have punished me. And then just a few days after that, CNN drops an article written by some Obama spokesperson, former Obama spokesperson. She's saying I bully people into silence. She's saying I should be expelled. I mean, it really is uh, a national thing. So I was totally surprised by that. Um, but I guess it means I must be doing something right. And this professor has been just going after me nonstop. So you, you still have interactions with the professor? No, fortunately not. I'm a little scared because I don't want to be accused of uh, stalking or get a restraint order. On sure. Me. Yeah, but, you're um, smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got you got to you always got to assume that the left, you can't even give any any daylight, any opening for them to do something nefarious, because I, I can assure you, Daniel, um, you know, I've got 20 years of experience uh, dealing with this and um, they will. <laughs> right? So if you open right. the door. They will. I, yeah. I want to come back here in a second. I, did, did you actually take any of the classes in the problem with whiteness or do you just see the class description? Like, did you show up and audit one? Well, I was going to, but then the class temp actually got temporarily postponed because I guess she got so many negative emails. She got scared. She demanded increased policing. She demanded this whole thing. And when the class was later taught in the spring, there was no way I'm going to, I just didn't feel safe taking this class. Like, is she going yeah, to, of course, at that there? point? Yeah. So, I'd, I'd just be so curious. Yeah. I'd be so curious yeah. to see it. Um, I did take, uh, just so you know, uh, it was gosh, 2003. I took a pro a class in sociology, which is, mm. you know, you're already you're dealing with sociology, right? Uh, <laughs> the American right, it was called. And there were three conservatives in a class with, I don't know, 40 students in it or something. And it oh, was yeah. the biggest caricature. You'll be, you'll not be shocked at all to know that the American right in this, Amherst College course was just about ignorance, racism, and sexism. That's it. That is the American. I was like, oh wow, okay. That's that's a really that's a really I mean, that was before Trump. When Trump came, I mean, that totally changed everything. Now it's all about him and how he's racist, evil. So it's even worse now. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Let, let's let's. I want to get to uh, gender uh, gender identity politics on campus, and you can tell us some of the stories about that in a second. Uh, we'll get back to it. But first off, uh, how's for everybody at home? How's your energy level these days? Because if you feel like you could use a boost, if you feel like just your overall focus, energy, drive, fitness could use some help, you got to check out uh, Chalk. These supplements are phenomenal. They're helping so many men and women in this audience get dialed in. I've introduced you to Chalk now for over a year. They make effective supplements that help bring your energy levels back to optimum. 
Look, if you want something to do to help you get that boost, it's a little bit more than that fourth or fifth cup of coffee. Too much caffeine is not good for you. Um, you can try the Chalk Male Vitality Stack or the Female Vitality Stack. Their website is simple and easy to spell. Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, in your purchase process. You'll get 35% off any Chalk subscription for life. Not just your first purchase, off your purchase for life. 35% off. Go to Chalk. CHOQ.com. Your subscription can be canceled at any time, but once you try these products, you're going to see you love them. Chalk.com. Promo code BUCK for 35% off. Um, all right, Daniel, do you have to put uh, your pronouns in your email signatures at UChicago now? What's it like these days? Yeah, well, in many classes, the first day of class is always go around, say your name, say your pronouns. And really? that was how it was. A class. Yeah. And if you don't do it, you know, everyone already knows you're a conservative. So, you know, it's been a rule for me. Never. I've never said anything like that so far. And I knew my first day going in, everyone's already looking at me when I just say, hey, my name's Daniel. And then there's silence afterward they're expecting me to say whatever. So, yeah, no, that's totally mandatory. And another thing that's just totally crazy that your listeners may be surprised by is these debate tournaments. I mentioned earlier how I couldn't participate in one because I'm white. It's not just that. At the beginning of every round, you have to say trigger warnings. And if you don't, you can actually lose a round. I almost lost a round. Uh, I don't do debate anymore because it's a joke. But when I was doing it initially, I almost lost a round. We were talking about like the Korean War or something. I didn't give a trigger warning for like war, casualties, death, destruction. And they said I almost lost. So, I mean, it is totally, you know, you hear these stories and you assume it's exaggerated. It's not. It's really as bad as it seems. Wait, so it's it's mandatory to give a trigger warning in yeah. in college debate now so you, you yes. and if you don't and you get points else. off yeah no you can lose the round because you know you're doing harm to people uh it's i'm not exaggerating about that it's actually insane i did uh i did high school debate for a little bit and and even then i felt like it was always very politicized like if you were arguing you'd have to argue both sides right it was lincoln douglas style debate but right. if they got the sense that you, I'm telling you, if they got the sense of your politics, the judges, you were, you were in bad shape, uh, bad shape usually. So the gender politics stuff, do you have a lot of um, conversations on campus about, you know, should the transgender students use these bathrooms, those bathrooms, et cetera? You know what I mean? Yeah, let me think. Not really. You know, uh, we have frats, we have sororities. I haven't heard much about women trying to join or this and that. Not really. I'm trying to think. You know, my school is, and I will say this, my school is like a very nerdy school. We're kind of known for like the nerdiness. So it is relatively apolitical, which I think is probably a reason why I've succeeded so much. I think if I went to like Yale or UC Berkeley, I would probably have been kicked out by now. So I do have to give credit to my school, but it's been pretty calm in that aspect. Yeah. Well, look, that's a good thing. Sounds like uh, you found a place where, I mean, I say Amherst, when people would show up, it's all... It was all Patagonia fleeces and people wearing sweats and playing yeah. soccer in the quad. And then yeah. when the parents would drop their kids off and go, it just turned into a Marxist indoctrination factory. Like everyone, just all the professors. I found the one conservative political, truly the sole uh, conservative political science professor on the campus, uh, Daniel. And he was, it was so tense with his colleagues that they made him leave the political science building, like there was a building where all the professors were co-located for their offices. And he was with the admin of like uh, the dean of housing and things like that, because he wasn't able to even share a building space uh, with other professors who were obviously enormous libs and completely out of their minds. 
come back into uh, more with uh, Daniel Schmidt here. And just, I also want to ask you what it's like to be at your age and already be doing media and stuff and some of your plans, all that good stuff. Uh, but the MyPillow team never disappoints. Their closeout sale right now on the slippers is phenomenal, okay? $25 a pair. $25 a pair. This is the best price you'll ever see on the My Slippers. They've got an exclusive four-layer design you won't find in any other slipper. And they buffer your feet from the stress of walking. They make your feet feel comfortable all day. If you've not yet gotten yourself a pair of these slippers, now's the time. $25 a pair is a great deal. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, grab a pair of these all-season slippers, type in my name as the promo code BUCK. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and type in my name, Buck, as the promo code. Get these slippers, $25. They're amazing. Daniel, do you have, do you have my slippers yet? They'd be great for campus. you love the my slippers. Yeah, I need to get them. I definitely need to cop those. <laughs> we, need, we, need to, we need to get you hooked up with a pair of my slippers. They're phenomenal. So, um... You you did uh you've interviewed Tucker right you've done Fox I mean how did you get into this game and also are you an East Coast guy you sound to me like you're an East Coast guy that's funny I'm actually I'm actually from Tennessee from just like a totally normal town so no oh. I'm not East well you're like my co-host Clay who's from Nashville and does not has no Southern accent whatsoever none right yeah yeah that's that's um so uh, so how how do you get into all this like you know you're you're uh, a young guy, you're doing media, you know, here you are. I mean, gosh, I was just trying to show up on time for my crappy sociology class when I was your age. So how'd you get into it? Well, listen, I mean, I didn't have any grand plans. I still don't have some grand strategy. I kind of just, you know, I call out what I think is wrong and I defend what I think is true. That's kind of been my guiding motto. And I started it when I when I got into college and I've had lots of success. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Tucker Carlson. He reached out to me after I asked uh, a question to uh, Ann Applebaum. I don't know if you're familiar for this, you know, total lib uh, journalist. She came to my school and I asked her about Hunter Biden's laptop and her answer was like totally ridiculous. And the video clip got a lot of views and I guess you saw it. I remember that. That's right. I I should have interviewed that. My friend, you had a viral moment just by asking. She's a a historian slash lib who's written a lot of books about um, the Soviet Union and Ukraine, things like that, Stalin. And you asked about the Hunter Biden laptop at some forum in Chicago. And what did she say? Her answer was just literally like, I don't care. Like, that was totally her answer. Um, And even the kids in the audience were looking at me like, what the heck did you just say? I mean, this was the biggest story at the time. I asked her, I said, do you think it was wrong that you claimed the story was Russian disinfo? Turned out to be true. The New York Times confirmed that her answer was, I don't care. And I, you know, just the arrogance was just totally insane. Even David Axelrod, you know, Obama's chief strategist was sitting next there. He couldn't believe it. He's like, okay, we need to shut it down now. So, but, um, but listen, even that example and other examples, I, I didn't even know that was going to be recorded. I didn't have any grand plans going in. I just did it because I got the mic and I was like, let me ask her this stuff. So, you know, what I want to achieve in the next two years I'm in college, it's not, it's not fame or anything like that. I just want to inspire other students to speak up, to do something about it because, I come from a single mother household. I don't come from any extraordinary background and I've just been doing this and I've, you know, now New York times, I guess is attacking me. So I must be doing something right. So there are any other students listening in or just, you know, hear about me. All I want to do is inspire them to show that you can actually achieve more than you think. And, you know, I've had Paul, you know, there is this policy on my school that banned unvaccinated students from dining halls. I pressed my administration, they reversed it. So just small things like that. You can actually make a bigger difference than you think. And you can also inspire other students around you. And before you know it, there's this like cascading effect where 
you actually may be surprised how many kids agree with you. So that's been my main goal is just sort of to inspire. But um, yeah, the Tucker interview was phenomenal. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to have that opportunity. Have, have you had professors, even if just quietly and in back channel, reach out to you to support yeah. you and say they appreciate what you're doing? Uh, is that Have you been surprised at some of the support you've received from people in the administration, not publicly, but just to let you know that they think that uh, you're taking an ethical approach, et cetera. Yeah, I have had a few professors. Actually, a professor I had last quarter, I had no idea he he liked me. And then in the last day of class, he was like, hey, I love what you do with that uh, problem of whiteness class. And I was like, really? I mean, so again, I just want to stress, like, you never know. Like a lot of, you know, there's this idea that these universities are just totally liberal dominated. And of course they are. But I think we've gotten to a point where it's so extreme that more and more kids are saying enough is enough. And if you take a stand, you'd be surprised how many professors, students, et cetera, are actually willing to agree with you. Ask you some Gen Z questions when we get back, just so I, you know, so I'm up to speed on these things. You're going to be my Gen Z correspondent. Like, is it really true that all of you guys and, and girls get, get your news from YouTube and TikTok now? But I, I'm going <laughs> to hold, hold off on that for one second, Daniel. The value of your life savings and retirement accounts is dependent in part on our stock market. Take into account what affects our stock market's performance and ask yourself, do you really want to put all your marbles in one basket? It's just not wise. All it takes is volatility, and all of a sudden, your market can show your accounts are way down. It makes the premise of owning gold right now, this time in history, smart. Gold, as both an investment and a hedge against inflation, makes a lot of sense. So is my precious metals vendor of choice, the Oxford Gold Group. I've been buying gold from them for years. And my gold holdings have done very well for me. I've got them here in person, physically, uh, possession of gold and silver. I've got coins, I've got bars. So why not have some gold and silver on hand? Call the Oxford Gold Group. It's who I use, it's who I trust. The call is free. The people on the receiving end of your call are knowledgeable and trustworthy. 833-430-BUCK. 833-430-BUCK. Um... Tell me about, uh, like, do you watch Mr. Beast? Is that, is he, like, because this is going on YouTube, and there are people on YouTube that I see, they've, I'm told they've got, like, a billion followers or something crazy, and I'm like, I don't even know. Is it really YouTube and TikTok that just totally dominate the younger generation now? So, like, 18 to to 30, basically? Are you guys all just YouTube and TikTok all the time? (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's especially TikTok. Um, you know, the app is, I mean, it's the number one app in the world. I think it has more traffic than Google now, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because pretty much everyone my age is on TikTok, but I would say only maybe 20 to 30% of people my age are on Twitter. So I think Twitter is more for like the older crowd, the more educated crowd, if you are the people who really care about politics. But pretty much everyone my age is on TikTok, which is why super influential app. And if you have China involved, if you have these people pushing this stuff, you can you can influence the youth incredibly on TikTok. Whereas Twitter, it's it's less on the youth and more on, you know, political people and more older crowd. So are yeah, you no, get TikTok in- is number one app. Are are you gonna get into politics, you think, when you graduate? I know you got a couple of years. Is that the plan? Uh, you know, uh, the way I see it is I don't want to like if I if I have a calling, I'll get into politics. I think the problem now is so many people just get into politics, you know, just for the fun of it or just because, you know, fame. But, you know, I think one of the things I agree with, like with the founding fathers is only get into politics if you feel like you need to. So if I get a calling, maybe, but I'm more interested in journalism, activism. I think that's the where the real power is now is in media. Um, I think you can really have, you know, you can call it the powerful people through there. 
Daniel Schmidt. Daniel, where should people go to follow you, uh, keep up with your work, all that stuff? Sure. So you can see me on Twitter. That's where I post my activism, journalism, that sort of stuff. It's at Real D Schmidt. That's the word real, the letter D, and then S-C-H-M-I-D-T. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being with us, everybody. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.